Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Pastor Brian. I'm here with Pastor Kristen, and you're listening to Joy in Java Biblical Discussions to Fuel Your Faith. We are once again diving into the amazing book that is Philippians. It's in the Bible, don't you know? And it's a great letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. And we are going to be, just for reference, if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps with you, why don't you go ahead right now before the banter starts that we are get to Philippians 2, 19, and we're going to go all the way through chapter 3, the first four verses of that. That being said, Kristen, how are you today? I'm doing well, Brian. It's been kind of a crazy, crazy week. We uh, we got to rescue our son-in-law, uh, whose car broke down over the weekend on the fly, and mm. um, but it was um, our our joy to get to see him and hang out with him, even though the poor guy was uh, not having a great time. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was it was really cool. I visited Deborah's house this week, and it was really cool to walk in and see him sitting there. Uh, and unfortunate, I hate car problems about as much yeah. as anything in this life, Kristen. Car problems are the worst, especially if you're like me and you're not very mechanically gifted uh, mm. or minded. So uh, even though it was sad for Stephen and inconvenient for him and what he was trying to do, uh, it was cool to hang out with him a little bit Sunday. So yeah, yeah, it's one of the uh, the the uh, I don't know side bonuses of something not so mm -hmm. fun that turned out to be fun for us. I'm not sure for him it was fun, but we tried to make it as pleasant as possible. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a great weekend in our house churches. Um, lots of stuff going on. Just, just I feel like Kristen God is just gifting us with refreshment and new energy and and um we've got a few new folks coming uh the last few weeks and it's just been fun i mean even through yeah. some of the sickness that you know is going around everywhere um yeah yeah it just it's been fun the last few weeks it has been fun. It has been fun. And the sun is out today. Yes. And uh, we're, we'll take every bit of that and enjoy mm -hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, of course, of course, we're looking towards spring now, us Ohioans, even though we know that at any moment the clouds can roll in and the blizzards can can fall and we can get, <laughs> you know, shut in. And it, I think uh, that's called weather. I think that is true Weather? for most places. Yes, every state thinks that they we, we <laughs> that their weather is the craziest weather of anybody's. Yeah, that's yeah. what they said in Texas. That's what they say in Michigan. Really? What okay. They say in Ohio. It's what yeah. they said in Indiana. It's called weather. It's called yeah. weather. Yeah. What do people in Florida do though? Do they? Do, do you think it's the same for them? Uh, yeah, I do, but you I do? haven't lived in Florida, so okay. I don't know. What do you think? Well, if I, I I feel like if I lived in Florida, with the exception of the hurricanes, I'd I'd probably complain less. I'm just saying. Uh, I think I'd complain more. It's too humid. Heat, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah it is oh, I can't do the humidity. You're so right. I've done hot. I have demonstrated that I can do hot. Not my favorite, but humid. I don't. I don't think I can. Do, mm. I can't breathe. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing you're talking to me right now. Um, it's it is amazing. <laughs> it's a miracle. It is a miracle. <laughs> Speaking of which, then I think I should use my oxygen on Philippians. Okay, um, and not uh, on so weather. 
that's Kristen's hint to get going, Brian. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to give us uh, uh, just a recap and then I'll read it and then we'll dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're in Philippians. Paul is in prison. He is writing to this church that he planted back in Acts, this body in the town of Philippi City. It's a, an official Roman city, um, a wealthy city, and uh, there's a lot of nationalism and high value of being a Roman citizen in Philippi. A lot of retired military people live there. Um, and so he is trying to encourage the church there who are on the outside of all this, considered um, <laughs> with a uh, um, disrespect and uh, probably mm. suspicion by the Roman culture and um, also not a part of the Jewish culture now. And so these Christians, um, he, he wants to encourage them, particularly since he has been arrested. Mm. And so they are watching with um, interest and affection towards him as their as their leader, um, you know, as someone they respect, who is now um, potentially going to give his life because he has been preaching the gospel, um, but also wondering how that could blow back on them and what might that do to them. And so he's been trying to put in um, in perspective how how might they be thinking about the fact that he has been arrested. And chapter two is this beautiful um, hymn that we think was used, one of maybe the oldest hymns in Christianity, um, about Jesus, who and what did Jesus do, who gave himself, didn't hold on to his equality with God for his own advantage, but rather took on the nature of a servant, even unto death on the cross. And that's kind of the central idea that everything else is kind of revolving around in Philippians. So when we get to the middle of chapter two, um, Paul's going to give us in this passage, we're going to talk about three different um, examples of people to look at, two positive, one negative, that are echoing this idea that he is, um, that he's laying out of this idea of how do we live in the light of Christ? How do we suffer? How do we find joy? Mm. Um, what are we called to do with our, any power we might have? So um, those are some of the ideas that we're looking at. Cool. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. And uh, I'll just read this and then we'll talk about it. Philippians 2, starting in verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I received news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him, only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more ego, eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, 
because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. You know, um, it might seem odd, what the passage we just picked, when you're reading an American or an English text, <laughs> yeah. right? Because we have added head headers, chapters, and verses for ease, right? So that as a community, we can locate mm. where we are at, right? Where are we? Are we all looking at the same thing? But those are, I just want to remind everyone, not a part of the original letter. Um, they're put in by us. So sometimes when we're studying, they're not helpful. And this is one mm. of those cases where we're like, this is the break here for our purposes is not helpful. And since we know that they are something that is added as a tool, we can feel free to ignore them when they when they're not helpful <laughs> right? to us. <laughs> it might really feel awkward to some people now that you mentioned that, you know, because we I mean I don't know about you, Kristen. I was trained. Here are the breaks. You know, yeah. you might study just one chapter at a time, which is fine. Study one chapter at a time as we have it written in our versions of the Bible. But like reading through verse four and just halfway through the verse really helps us have a better understanding of what's going on here. So, Absolutely. And I think it is it is helpful because um, uh, it, it's easy for us because we're so familiar as which is a great thing with our the way we interact with the scripture mm -hmm. we forget that it has been customized for the way our language works for the way our we structure things um, and sometimes it's not it's important to know that so uh, I just yeah wanted to point that out remind us all um, that 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 we're looking at something that has been translated into yeah. a very different format for us yeah <laughs> yeah and and we see in this part of Paul's letter uh, two people mentioned by name Timothy who may be more familiar to your right. typical Bible reader, then uh, I have to see it to actually pronounce it right, Epaphroditus. Right. And Kristen, I feel like like if uh, Devin and I ever have another child, if I don't get to name that kid Epaphroditus, I'm missing out on something. I love the name <laughs> Epaphroditus, uh, at least as a middle name or something. I don't know. But anyways. It uh, is a cool name. It I is digress. a cool name. So Timothy... Yeah. In Epaphroditus, come onto the scene here uh, in Paul's letter, and he's got some really cool things to say about these guys. He does. And uh, one of the things that, um, again, something that might not catch our attention right in the beginning, because we are familiar, particularly with Timothy, is to recognize, wait a minute, this is a letter being read to a group of people who also know Timothy and Epaphroditus. Mm. 
right? So what we ought to be thinking is, as we're hearing this is, wait a minute, why is Paul telling us stuff we already know? <laughs> why does Paul need to describe to us things about what, what that reads a lot differently when you're in the room than it does to us who are a third party on the outside? So um, that's a really important question as to why in the middle of this book, in this letter, it's very common for Paul um, to put personal greetings or thankfulnesses at the mm -hmm. end of a letter, right? But mm -hmm. why is he embedding these stories about people that they know <laughs> right. right in the middle of the letter? Yeah. Right. It'd be like me trying to tell your husband, Joe, about you. Right. Like he doesn't already know. He knows, of course, you way better than I do. Too and much. So... <laughs> yes. Poor thing. So that's what's that's, you know, it would be. <laughs> It'd be awkward to us if I did that, but Paul's doing this for a very important reason. He's giving them examples of Jesus Christ, right? These men are right. living in such a way, and their example is such that, that you should pay attention to them. You should make sure you're recognizing and not missing what they're bringing Um to the ministry and to your lives and in the example that they're set. But ultimately, and I think Aaron pointed this out beautifully, either at Whitmer or Deborah or both, was that ultimately what Paul's doing is really pointing everyone to Jesus. Like these right. guys are just, these guys are good examples. They're living a certain way. You should respect that. You should follow that. But really they're doing it because of Jesus. And so therefore that's who you got to keep your eyes on. Yeah, I love that he's he's pointing out what in them is Christ-like, right? Where are they where are they being like this Christ hymn that is in the center of the book? And so with Timothy, he's he's just talking about um what an amazing relationship he has with him, which I think is another lovely uh, thing to point out here, like he talks about how he's like a son and yeah. they've worked so close together. And um, I think we so often imagine Paul in particular, but often just any of the big names of our faith um, as Lone Rangers, as someone who went out on their own, you know, it's the American cowboy, you know, yep, out. Yep. And, and when we take <laughs> a little bit of time here, we start to see, no, that's not what was going on. You know, Paul may have been the guy, but he was not alone. He yeah. wasn't doing this on his own. He didn't do it all. He didn't, he wasn't infallible. He wasn't Jesus, right? And Timothy is one of those people that he has been working at Paul's side, that Paul trusts deeply, that Paul says, we share the same heart. And I feel like he's a, a son to me. And um, he is part of how God is moving in the world. So that's, that's quite a compliment to call, to say someone is like a son to you. Yeah, and as a right. father, uh, Brody is my son. I don't really view anybody else in that same light. That's yeah. a special place for Brody to have in my heart, in a position for Brody. Um, and so for me to say, oh, well, this young man or this person is also like a son to me, that is an elevation and uh, such a respectful recognition. And so we can't yeah. take that lightly. That's, that's what I want to say is, is we can't take that lightly, uh, what Paul is doing here, but also that, that Timothy, he's, he's this younger guy, right? 
we know this. He's he's younger. He's got some youthfulness still and vigor as far as that goes. And yet he's saying Timothy is not one of these selfish people. Timothy is laying down his life. Epaphroditus laying down his life. He almost died, right? It says that he was so ill. And I kind of, did you get this sense, Kristen? I don't, I don't know if we talked about it, but it, it kind of seems like maybe Epaphroditus almost was humble enough. He, he almost didn't want the people back home to know how sick he really was. He was mm. there doing his job. He was serving. He was doing it from this great heart of humility and just wanting to serve God and serve Paul and do what he was sent to do. And it sounds like almost, I kind of just get that sense. Like Paul is saying, hey guys, by the way, he he was, he. It's, I mean, if, if I could find it real quick. Um, yeah, it says uh, in distressed. 26 and, tw- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because and 27, he, yep. Because you heard he was ill. He didn't want he was he didn't want them to worry about him or be overly concerned about him. That's how much he just wanted to serve and be of help. Uh, and it's not this sense of false humility either. I think it, it seems genuine what Paul is mm. ascribing to him that he really is willing to lay down his life for the gospel for you guys, the church at Philippi. This just an amazing testimony. Yeah, it is. And the Epaphroditus story is really interesting because it, there are several ways you could read it. And I don't think we know exactly how to read that, right? So the the Philippi people, the Christians there, you know, they send Epaphroditus to take care of Paul, which I love right there, right? Like, like you know, even everyone needs people taking care of them. And they are like, we can't take care of Paul. Who can we send that can attend to Paul, which is yeah. really cool. Like this background thing. And he goes and he mm. becomes so ill and we don't know why. We don't know if it was, on, like you said, on the way. Did he get ill when he got there? Is it just too much? Is the mm-hmm. the conditions that Paul is living in? And then, so they obviously thought highly of him because they sent him. When Paul sends him back, he's instructing them to welcome him with great joy and honor people like him. Why would Paul say that mm. unless there was some concern that, about how this this whole episode might be received by the people in Philippi, mm. right? Interesting. Like they and so it's it is very interesting to be to kind of ponder like what are the dynamics going on that Paul um not only says, look, this, you know, he served well and he almost died, but that in sending him back, um, you shouldn't see that as a defeat or as failure in any yeah. way. Yeah. This pivot, this pivot in Epaphroditus's service, um, we thought he was going to stay here and take care of me, but now things have changed and we need to send him home. And you shouldn't see that negatively. It's kind of how I, you know, how, what I'm kind of landing on. Um, yeah, it does. It does make you wonder behind the scenes. Was there something that maybe didn't happen the way everybody thought it would? Um, not necessarily terribly negative in any way, but just you know, sometimes we measure success in different ways. We have goals, out favorable outcomes we're hoping for, and it doesn't always do that. You know, it doesn't just work out, but that doesn't mean it's 
a failure, but sometimes we can focus on the one thing that didn't happen, even amidst all the good things uh, that can happen. And I think right. about, I think about, you know, like my daughter with a test, she can, she can, if she doesn't get an A and she gets one question wrong, she can focus on that one question. Anybody out there feel the same way, you know, and that one little point that didn't mean she was perfect. I'm looking at that test going, girl, if I ever had a test like that throughout my, <laughs> I'd have been thrilled if every test was that way, you know? Um, but we can sometimes focus on that one thing. And so perhaps something like that happened. There wasn't, there was maybe some goal that just some, because he got sick or whatever, just didn't happen. But Paul is saying, he's good and you should be good too. And I'm good. And it's my joy to send him back to you. And it's helpful to send him back to you too. Yeah, I love that. And I, I um, the commentary I was reading, I, I thought just made such a great point with this, just talked about how much courage it can take to follow the lead of mm. the Holy Spirit. And mm -hmm. sometimes that means it's time for Epaphroditus to go home. Even yeah. though that's not what we thought was going to happen. It's not what Epaphroditus thought was going to happen. It's not what Paul's thought was going to happen. And that is not a failure. That's not anything to be embarrassed about. We need to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And like, some, you know, when it, he leads through open and closed doors, but closed doors can really put our nose out of joint, right? It hurts mm -hmm. when a door closes. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, and it can be perceived from other people as, well, Epaphroditus, yeah. you know, wasn't able to do what we sent him out there to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I I just loved thinking about that through this lens, um, because I often think, too, that we will, we assume that because we have so much of Paul's writing, we're all supposed to be Paul. And I think we talked about this a couple podcasts mm -hmm. ago. We're not. And Paul wouldn't say that either. Um, we all, some of us are Timothy, some of us are Epaphroditus, some of us are yeah. the people who sent Epaphroditus to Paul, and mm -hmm. those are all important <laughs> roles in the body. And so um, I liked thinking about this deeper because it's another picture of what it looks like to be faithful to whatever you're called to do, yeah. even if that means just staying alive and then going back home. <laughs> yeah, That was still, that's, I mean, and and then we have this beautiful picture of someone who is echoing faithfulness to the point of death yeah. uh, that echoes what we have in that Christ hymn. Yeah. That, and now I've got the BGs in my head too. So that's great. That's fun. <laughs> uh, but I, I, it also, you said something that really kind of just made me go here too, is when you talk about being led of the spirit and that we need to follow that. And I think sometimes often, if not maybe all the time, we need to let go of what the end result of that is. Exactly. And maybe we need to stop exactly. trying to tell ourselves what we think success is when we do that. And that it's going to be, sometimes we want it to be easy, even though we, we can give lip service to, hey, it's, like, it's hard, you know, it's going to be hard sometimes. We want it to be easy and we want to see the result right away. So what does that look and like? And we want our... to look good to other people. Right. And so, <laughs> yes, I mean, I do. So right. maybe other people do too. And so with that is those little nudges, which we've talked about lately too, of the Holy Spirit listening to those, letting go of the results, 
letting go of even some, you know, working through the discomfort of it and awkwardness that it can be is when you feel like you need to reach out to somebody at the grocery store, at work, at school, in your neighborhood, whatever, do that. And then it's up to the Lord what happens. We got to take the pressure off of ourselves that if we're called to win souls and evangelize and all that stuff, that that means every time we open our mouths, someone has to say yes to Jesus. Stupid, ludicrous, preposterous, you know, and we have to, we have to let that go. And I think this is, this is something we can read in this passage and learn from this passage, because it'd be real easy to pass right over all this. Oh yeah, great, Timothy, great Epaphroditus, you know, really great, you know, now let's get into the next chapter and see what we have to learn. Um, but it's, it's super, super good. Yeah. The other thing I'm seeing here, Brian, um, is that we tend to, um, sometimes get kind of over spiritualized, you know, as we talk about following the leading of the Holy spirit, yes. but what we're seeing here is very practical. God Amen. invented the good. world. He set the world up the way it is. He is sovereign. He leads through the practicalities of life. Timothy is sent to help. <laughs> and he stays there, right? And it works and it makes sense. And when things have worked out in the the circumstances with Paul, Paul's going to send Timothy back. Epaphroditus goes, he's sick. We don't know what the circumstances are there, but it becomes obvious to, from a physical standpoint that Epaphroditus needs to go home. Yeah. That is the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Like this is like, and and I think sometimes we put this weird like emphasis on things that don't make sense. That's definitely God. Mm -hmm. And things that are obvious, that can't mm -hmm. be God. That's, mm -hmm. and I, I, I think that's ah, very, think right. that, that's just so um, twisted, right? Like God made this world. It functions the way he designed it to function when it's not broken and it's broken a lot, but but you know what I mean? So like, don't, um, he leads through all those things, right? He leads through the unusual, but he also yes. leads through the ordinary. He's not, he's not surprised that Epaphroditus is sick and needs to go home, right? Like mm -hmm. God knew that was going to happen. So. Yep. That's so encouraging, Kristen. I, I hope people hear that, that, um, yeah, I just, I, I think that needs to be said in our discussion of what being led of the Holy Spirit is and what it can look like. Is, is sometimes it it is the common sense. It is just there. Yeah, do that because that's what needs done. You know, that's yeah, that's what is helpful. Right. <laughs> and uh, we don't need right. to spend two weeks praying about should we feed the homeless, should we right. should we help the widow. You know, we don't need to fast over that. No, uh, we need to do it. And something right. else you said, Kristen, really got got me as a pastor and as a leader and just as a Christian, as a Christ follower, it really kind of hit me hard. It almost poked me like a dagger uh -oh. in a good way, okay? <laughs> but uh, it, they, the Church of Philippi sent Epaphroditus to care for Paul, who was in prison, needed food, and what we sometimes forget, like in our prison system, they're given three squares a day, okay? Back then, they might not get fed on a regular basis yeah. in prison. So oftentimes, prisoners would rely, if they were fortunate enough to have family that cared to go through the trouble, 
would rely on food and care from their loved ones or from a friend right. uh, or someone who is being charitable or kind. And so Epaphroditus's role and very necessary probably for Paul. And and it was no sign he was going to go be there for it, probably an indefinite amount of time, you know. And uh, so for us to think through that, but what hit me in the like a dagger was that, man, when we have somebody sick in our churches, who are we sending? You know what I mean? Mm. And I, I'm not saying that it's necessary when someone has a cold that we need to send somebody yeah. to sit with them. But I'm saying, what is our heart in that, especially if we've got somebody in the hospital or who's really going through a major health crisis? Are we sending anybody or several people to make sure that person is never alone or at least alone as much as, you know, as little as possible? Is that our heart? And I think we can say yes. We certainly would love that in a perfect world, but I just don't think we think the same way culturally about that as they did back here as a necessary part. And Kristen, I'm wondering if that's something we, even as Pursuit, just need to pray over and ask God about, and again, but not over-spiritualize it, here we go, you know, who do we send in circumstances like this? And that we have just a mind for that and a heart for that, so that if God leads in such a way, we're ready to respond like Epaphroditus, that we're we're following his good example in that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good, Brian. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that that connects to that struck me in this passage is the body and the community, right? And, and, and you know, Paul, it, when you have illness, when you have circumstances that isolate you, like Paul, it's not even just about the food. He's completely cut off from his community. He has work to do, but he can't do that. He's not Jesus. He's Paul. Like he needs somebody there to, to pray over him, to encourage him to hear his fears about being in prison and his process, you know, and um, we are to do the same thing. Like what Paul is presenting here is this interwoven network of Epaphroditus and Timothy and Paul and the church at Philippi and all of those people who pulled together to cover Epaphroditus and Timothy's expenses and responsibilities and their network so that they could do their thing, right? So that they can all work together such that mm -hmm. we have this letter preserved from Paul to the Philippians. I mean, that all of that, you know, is this tapestry. And I think you're right. I think we often in our westernized independence miss um, this body, this body of believers. And the cool thing about that also is I think we tend to be all or nothing. Yeah. If it's a need that I can't completely cover, then I back out. Uh, I, yeah, I can yeah. really struggle with that, right? Instead of saying, okay, I can't cover that, but is there anything I can do? You know, is there, there's, you know, yeah. just, just what can I do? And yeah. and if everybody had that sense of, okay, Lord, what, what do I have in my hand? We, we would find that we have enough, right. Yeah. To, to help people to show up for them, to, 
That's so good. And, and Kristen, you and I were just at a meeting yesterday at the time of this recording at Malone University with a bunch of leaders from around the community, church leaders and ministry leaders, talking about collaboration and talking about wanting mm. to figure out how to do more stuff together and learning mm -hmm. from each other. And that's that's so key and so important that we don't we may feel inadequate in one area, but there might be collaboration. Uh, you know, mm. there might be someone else that has the resources. We bring our own resources and what God has gifted us with and made us stewards over um, to offer. But we do sometimes shy away from that because uh, we are like, and I'm an all-in type guy sometimes to my detriment, mm -hmm. where right. if it where it does backfire on me, where I I want to help, but then I'm like. I want to do all that, but then uh, my resources are such that I can't. So then, like like you said yourself, you kind of you can back off, right, and right. miss opportunities it... to collaborate and bring other people into that uh, situation to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ where needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. there was so we've talked about Timothy, we've talked about Epaphroditus. There's this third group of people now, right? And Paul's language gets a little spicy. It gets a little <laughs> harsh. Uh, in fact, yeah, yeah. I want to read it. It's so good. Okay. And uh, who else does this sound like, though? Honestly, Kristen, once I read it. Okay. So listen to me read it, class. Okay. okay. And then tell me who does this sound like? <laughs> or who is it not unlike? In verse 2, Paul goes this. He, he goes, watch out for those dogs those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Who does that remind you of? Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's I writing the letter, Kristen. <laughs> I can't get out of Paul. I can't get out of Paul. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what does it remind you of, This is language that Jesus himself would not have been afraid mm. to use. Mm. Now, but I want you to hear this. Paul is not just saying this to be angry or mean or overly harsh. He's trying to make a point and uh, with the people he's writing to, to be careful, to look out, to not be fooled, to understand who you are in Jesus. As he says in the next verse, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast not in our own selves, but in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. It is this uh, understanding that uh, it's really easy to get caught up in this sense of flesh and understanding. And Aaron uh, did a great job helping us understand flesh, that flesh by itself is not necessarily evil. Um, that we shouldn't necessarily mm -hmm. think of flesh and then go right to the sin thing. Um, right. You know, that we we need to be wise Absolutely. there and and um, be careful there. But uh, it's very strong language, using dogs. We think dogs, and I'm like, Fifi? You know, what's wrong with Fifi? Why is he calling them dogs? But dogs were thought of differently in this culture. They mm -hmm. weren't always they were stray sometimes they were unclean uh mm -hmm. 
scrappers, you know, um, mm. uh, uh, looking for food anywhere they can and kind of a nuisance. But he uses that strong word, evildoers, you know, and yeah. those mutilators of the flesh, of course, referring to circumcision. And he's just trying to make a point like they think they're being spiritual, but they're really relying on their flesh to get them uh, close to God and to be holy and um, all of those things. So I digress yeah. a little bit on that. but No, I love it, Brian. And my brain is just thinking about, um, you know, we had spent quite a bit of time in Galatians. Um, and the point being that our, that, you know, since Jesus, we are called to live differently, not just put some kind of mark on our flesh yeah, to yeah. say we belong, right? Mm -hmm. Like where I'm not called to just wear a fish sticker on me. <laughs> I'm called to be like Timothy, who is yeah. willing to concern and give my life to work with Paul. I'm called to be like Epaphroditus, who is, I'm called to be like the Philippian people who were concerned for Paul and sent resources and, and all those things. I, I am called to um, consider those in the faith as my biological family, yeah, right? I am yeah. called, uh, those are the things I'm called to. I'm called to the outcast, to the, the it is a different actual way of life and that's why paul is so upset like they're trying to get you to think that what faith is about is some kind of sign some kind of religious mark and that couldn't be more of a distraction um than that than anything really because it, it yeah. means nothing right yeah i <laughs> I just got a strange image in my head as you were talking, and I hope this is helpful. I'm going to say it anyways. Are you ready? I got the image. I am image. ready, and you know. I, <laughs> go ahead. Say whatever. No, I'm just going to say, you know, what our listeners don't know is that if Brian doesn't like this, he'll just cut it out in post-production. <laughs> right, so, right. So go for it, Brian. Here go we go. It. Here this we go. You're, you're not even going to believe it. The ride. I got the image of Christie's in my head. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? The strip do, club in the middle of Belden Village area, mall area, very high traffic shopping area. There yep. is a strip club and it's a large building. It stands out. It's got reflective mirrors on the outside. I mean, it's, you can't, it's got a big old sign out front. And it does um, not in any way connect to the environment around it. Like, it's not a rough area. It's not yeah, anywhere. Yeah. It's so shocking. Like, you think, what? It happened there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, and it's been there for a while, though. You know, sometimes Long places time. like that, they get set up, they get, they move in. They're there for a year or two. And then, you know, they're, no, it's been they're there not, a long time. Yeah, it's been there a long time. So, um, and I say, bear with me here. We know a ministry, Rahab, that actually goes yeah. to that strip club on a regular basis. They send women there. They send men to stay outside of the building. The men don't go in, but they stay outside praying. They stay there for some level of protection, too, uh, for the women going in. Mm -hmm. But they're out there praying. And these women go in and they have care packages. And they love on these gals. And they just give them hope and uh, 
just bring God's presence with them into that. And the men are outside. There's a team praying outside the whole time the women go inside. And the amazing thing, Kristen, is that um, the manager really is is appreciative of them coming to minister because the girls' attitudes improve. They're better. They, you know, work harder, all that stuff. And yeah. Uh, so the point is, of course, ultimately to hopefully help those women exit out of that uh, work and uh, find greater value and and give them places where they can thrive outside of that environment mm-hmm. where they're just getting used and abused and can oftentimes feel very stuck. Um, and if not captive to that, and I got that image, uh, in my head of the outside of that building and how we can tend to drive by something like that, or at least I have over the years, Kristen drive by like, oh my gosh, God, what evil lurks in those Mm. inside that building? Like, tear it, burn it down, you know, like mm. tear it, tear it down. God, why, why are you letting that be such a central mm-hmm. visual place in our community right. where right. sin happens? Just yeah. calling it what it is. Sin happens. Women caught in some type of captivity on some level. Yeah. And that can be an entry point actually to other types of um, sex trafficking. And just Lord, just tear it down. And I, I kind of have this very harsh, like, ah, just get it rid of it. You know, like throw that guy out of business, you know? Yeah. Or whoever, I don't even know if it's a guy who owns it. And, uh, when my heart should be Jesus, that's where you would go. You want to hang out there. Now I'm not going to go hang out there (laughs) just so everybody knows. Okay. But, our heart is our heart like Jesus, like I believe Epaphroditus and Timothy would be, that they want to go where the lost people are. They want to go and minister and see God do amazing things and see him change people's hearts from the inside in their lives, from the inside out. Are we willing to go to places like that? Are we willing to go to the parts of town that are rougher? Um, that we would say are darker or even uh, have evildoers in them, you know, like what is our heart for the lost? And how do we as a church, as the people of Christ in this day and age, how do we view stuff like that as we're driving by it? eating at a restaurant near it, shopping at the mall across the street. How do we respond to things like that? There's a certain part of it where we know the Bible teaches, like like there's times when we need to flee from evil, when it's going to consume us in sin, and it's going to consume us, and we need Mm -hmm. to turn the opposite direction and not just walk or jog, but the language actually says run, flee from it. So there's that element, I think, but also we see Jesus's example of walking towards the sick, walking towards mm. those that society cast out and that the Jewish people would have said they're unclean. We can't we can't go near that. You know, Pharisees mm. bringing the prostitute and Jesus is like, you're exactly who I wanted to see today. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is beautiful, you know. 
Um, and so trying to trying to get this in the context of our passage um, is that I feel like when I drive by a place like Christie's, I, I want to spiritualize it and say, oh, that's my spirit. That's the righteousness of God in me. I think oftentimes it's just my flesh. Because mm. mm. I think the spirit of God would say, Okay, Brian, you have a heart for those women. You have a heart for the men that are going in there that are in their own type of captivity too, cheating on their wives, cheating on their girlfriends by doing that, you know, and lusting in their hearts like that and allowing women to do that. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) You know, maybe you need to pray more about that. Maybe, you know, you need to give to Rahab more so they can send more people there and have more resources to minister. You know what? Don't just sit there and be disgusted by it or frustrated by it and go, those evildoers. Ask me to change your heart about that and about those people and not just say, I wish they'd all, you know, go to jail if they're doing illegal things or that their business would collapse. Just say, maybe that, maybe that businessman, Lord, maybe he could one day see what's actually happening and he would take that entrepreneurial spirit he has and that gift as a businessman or businesswoman and turn it around and use it for something mm-hmm. else and prosper in business another way. You know, like we got to think this way, guys. We have mm-hmm. to think about people differently like to i mean timothy and epaphroditus willing to lay down their lives selfless and paul of course selfless in prison willing to suffer willing to do whatever god wants him to do to keep pushing the gospel forward that's how we should be and again we don't have to do it i love Kristen that you point out it's so great and it's honestly one of the most helpful things I've heard in a while over Paul's epistles. We don't have to do it just like Paul. We don't have to be a Paul in this. We can do this as God has called us and the gifts that he's given us to help be a part of seeing God redeem these things. Mm. Yeah, it's good, Brian. It's good. That was a long sermon at the end. I'm sorry. It it kind (laughs) of came... Came on me, but that's uh, all right. That's all right. I, th- I think that that's a good place. A good place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's a good place to land. Good. All right. And then I'll re-listen to it, and if I don't like it, I'll edit it out at the end. So, um, <laughs> but anyways, thank you for listening, Kristen. Today, I appreciate it as always, and uh, I appreciate all that you bring to Pursuit Friends, sister, uh, and your leadership and your passion, your inspiration, all that stuff, and your hard work. You work hard. You're a hard worker. (laughs) Um, So I just want everybody to know that. And uh, we appreciate you guys, our listeners, too, so much. Uh, We're being led of the Spirit to record these podcasts. um, And until we feel like we're getting signs from the Lord um, that we should stop, we're going to keep recording because you're worth it. And... Spreading the gospel is worth it, and teaching people the Bible is worth it. 
And we hope that you're inspired, challenged, and encouraged every time you listen to Join Java. We'd love to welcome you into our church family and our community, too. We have two wonderful house churches that are growing, and we're very excited about what God is doing. We have Whitmer House Church Sundays at 10 a.m. in Canton near Hartville. And then we have Deborah House Church, which meets in Green uh, uh, at 6 p.m., sorry, on Sunday evenings. And we'd love you to um, come and check those out. Check both of them out like the Zittles do almost every Sunday. They go to church twice. <laughs> we love the Zittles. Thank you for being they a part do, of it. They do, and I team. love how much they are investing in others. Yes. Uh, speaking of of living your life out Perfect. the way God has gifted you, they are um, amazing uh, spiritual parents to all kinds of young ones uh, mm -hmm. and of all ages, and uh, watching how God has activated them and given them mm. opportunity to bless others is a, a great joy. Yeah. In, in, in addition to being delightful people, right. you know, but, right. Yeah. I yeah. love that word activated. That's such a cool world. I'm, I'm yeah. going to use, I'm going to use that more often. That's such okay, a good, good word. Good, good. Thank you. See, you taught me something else. It's so amazing. Uh, Anyways, if you'd like to give to Pursue Friends, just go to pursuefriends.org slash give and give to the ministry that God is doing here in our community. And man, we hope you'll catch us next time as we continue in Philippians. We encourage you to read ahead a little bit and pray over the passage and see what you think about it as we get deeper into Philippians 3. Until next time, God bless you guys. 